Welcome to Beyond Standards, your source for authentic discussions about the world of teaching. Get ready to explore challenges, share inspiring stories, and discover strategies that will empower you to make a lasting impact on your students. Here are your hosts, who are trying to master the fine art of maintaining their sanity while managing a classroom, Joe Rohrhoff and Jeff Bologna. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Beyond Standards podcast, where teachers come to collaborate and uh, maybe find some innovative solutions to help them survive another day in the classroom. Uh, I am Joe, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, my fellow middle school teacher, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, what's going on? Joe, another episode, episode 11. I cannot believe uh, here we are, uh, episode 11 of our, our podcast. This is outstanding. I just I wanted to reflect on episodes 9 and 10 because I'm still I'm just still amazed at the amount of information that um, Justin was able to provide us with about using artificial intelligence. And actually, um, my wife's a new teacher, and just the other day, she, I was like, have you thought about using chat GPT or one of these, you know, AIs to just get some ideas to teach something? And she's like, I've never even looked at it. So we pulled it up and she was able to, you know, type in stuff about Jamestown, teaching about Jamestown to fifth graders. And it came up with something good. And then she did something about division and what chat GPT spit out was basically what she had already planned on doing, um, which was pretty cool. Um, you know, so it was just, I'm just, amazed at, um, you know, and I've actually started, you said last time, you know, just start trying things out. You know, your suggestion, Joe, was to just try. And so that's kind of what I've been doing on the last couple of days with some of my curriculum and some of my content. But really, Joe, I got to ask you, how are your students right now? At, at, At this time when we're recording, we are six school days away from the holiday break. Um, are your students as wild as mine? Yeah, I'm going to have to get the bleep button ready already today. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. I mean, we've got we've got a uh, God, a, a week to go, and it's like the kids are already on vacation. Uh, hey, can we watch a movie today? Like, no. Hey, can we can watch we a outside? movie tomorrow? Can we go outside? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's and like, I, absolutely not. I'll tell you about that. I, I'm in a terrible spot right now because I went a little bit slower with some of my units at the start of the year, and I'm, I want to finish. There's like a chapter I want to finish before the end of the week, and of course, I don't want to wait till the have the test Friday. I am just like grinding to finish it all in, and I'm like every day I'm like, sorry guys, like we're we're going right after it today. We got a lot to get to, so uh, they'll enjoy that Friday. I'm looking forward to it, but uh, until then, it's going to be a rough go. And I, you know, Joe, and I, with my classroom, I can see into yours, and you guys don't get after it all that often. So it's actually pretty interesting to watch you uh, actually do some teaching, because normally it's just projects and like free time in movies and social studies. Shit, I gotta teach. I gotta put three months of learning into into five days, Jeff. All right, we gotta. All right, let's get we after get it. Get in at some point. Get after uh, it. I'm sure. Our, hey. I'm sure our guest today uh, can deal. You know, is understanding about craziness with the kids this time of year. Yeah, yeah, oh, I'm, sure. I'm super excited. I'm super excited to, to introduce Marcus in just a second. But I do want to talk about, you brought about, you know, our, our past two episodes. Justin Bruno from Michigan Virtual was on, and he did such an awesome job. Uh, I found myself going through the scenarios today that we're going to talk about today and everything. I was like, oh, how, how could AI help me with this? How could AI help me with this? So it really made me think, and we've had so many teachers that have said about the last episode, like, hey, like, there was so much stuff that I... I took away from that. So that was awesome having Justin on, on that last episode. 
Uh, but anyway, we ready to move on? Absolutely. Let's get, get started. Get on, get on, get on with today's episode. Uh, so the title of today's episode is the Teacher Helpline, and I got a little inspiration for this from. Uh, I stumbled across a Facebook group with that title called the teacher helpline or, or something like that. And I was just looking through it and it's basically just a community where teachers can come collaborate and they post maybe something really specific that happened to them that day, or maybe something that is a little more generic that all teachers are experiencing with. And it's basically like, Hey, what do you guys do with this situation? And I thought, what a, what a perfect thing that a couple teachers can can talk about. We can come up with, we can look at some of these scenarios and, and we talk to some of our fellow teachers um, and we got a couple scenarios that we're gonna go through. And if you are a teacher, I think you are going to be able to identify with probably every problem that we talk about today. So we're gonna go through three or four scenarios, uh, give some insights, give some feedback about how we deal with things and maybe as another teach, uh, as a fellow teacher, you'll come up with something that you can walk away with and say, hey, maybe you'll look at a same problem that you've had a thousand times and, and look at it from a different angle. So anyway, uh, we'll get into the scenarios, but I am so excited for our guest today. You mentioned we've had, you know, Justin on and, and a couple other experts on recently on very specific topics. And I am fired up today for just some some teacher talk. Uh, we have on with us uh, an elementary teacher, Marcus Hartnett. Um, and Marcus, we're going to start off with just welcoming you to the show. Welcome and just give us a little bit of background information about you. Oh, thanks so much for having me. And I am uh, <clears throat> I'm honored to, to, uh, to be on. Uh, I started my teaching career in Glenview, Illinois, uh, which is just north of the city of Chicago. I taught there for nine years and then I met my wife at Lollapalooza in Chicago and I married oh, a girl. Right I'm, yeah, I married a, I married a girl from Northville. Uh, and then we moved to Northville after my son was born. Um, I taught in, in Warren, Michigan for one year okay. uh, at Warren Woods. And then I got a job in Northville Public Schools at Ammerman where I teach fourth grade. I taught the fourth grade Alps program um, there. And this is my 16th year total of teaching. So right on. been in the game, baby. Yeah. Right well, on. Thanks, thanks for joining us. Yeah, man. Thanks yeah, so much we, for having we, me. This is a cool project a of, you guys got. You know, Thank you. We've had a lot of secondary education teachers, you know, middle school, high school, but it's fun to pick the brains of, a, of an elementary school teacher, especially someone with 16 years experience. This will be good to hear. Yeah, man, it's gonna be interesting just to hear the lens of elementary versus, and I think too, of uh, like elementary male versus middle school male teachers. I don't know. It's, it's, it's gonna be interesting, I think. Yeah, so I'm looking forward yeah. to it. Thanks for having me. All right. Yeah, welcome. Welcome. Uh, so here's how we'll go. I'll read you a scenario. And um, we'll just kind of shoot off and, and see where the conversation goes. So cool. here is scenario one. In my classroom, I've noticed a recurring trend. Several students consistently forget to bring their pencil. I graciously lend out pencils as needed, but I've observed that these borrowed pencils often end up as permanent residents in students' backpacks, broken on the floor, or simply not returned. This is causing a decline in the available supply how do I navigate this challenge, ensuring that every all the students have the tools they need to succeed? Uh, or Marcus, why don't we start uh, at the elementary level? Do elementary kids ever lose their pencil? Oh, good gracious! Um, I I think this is this is a perfect like plug for my like. I think really I only have like one like sacred motto that I have that I that I feel like I can like 
really share with people. And that is that I often tell my students, you have to come to me with a solution. Don't come to me with a problem. I'm like, I got plenty of problems myself. What you got it, you got to bring a solution to the table. Other like, and, and that's like kind of a running mantra in my class. Um, it's a running mantra with my own children. Um, it's a running mantra with myself uh, where I'm like, all right, you know, what, what are some possible solutions? And just to get them in that like solution mindset. So if they're like, I don't have a pencil, I'm like, that sounds like your problem, man. Dang. You know? And they're like, that's my line right there. That's well, a you problem. Not yeah. And I'm like, and they're like, Oh, well, and I'm like, you got to come to me with a solution, man. You got to like, well, can I borrow one? And I'm like, sure. You know? And, and I mean, obviously it, like we're teachers, right? It depends on the kid, depends on how many times they've done this. So like, you know, maybe it's like a collateral thing. I'm like, cool. I want your ruler then, you know, or like, I want your, your book. I want your Harry Potter book. And, you know, and then when you give the pencil back, I'll give you, you know, that. And therefore, you know, there's at least some sort of like, you know, collateral there if, if that's what's required. You know, if it's not, if it's the third time it's happened, I think you know, if you have time for it, there can be a discussion about like trust is built in small moments. Right. And like, I've lent you three pencils and you haven't, you haven't returned any of them, you know, like that I remember, you know, maybe you put them back in yeah. the cup, but I, you certainly didn't like come back up to me and say like, Hey, Mr. Harnett, just so you know, I'm going to put, I'm going to put this pencil back in the cup and I just, you know, thank you for letting me borrow it or something like that. Sure. You know, it's like, yep. those are the little things that, that are a teachable moment. You know, it's like, say thank you. If somebody lent you, make sure they know that you're putting it back in the cup or whatever it may be. So I don't know. What about you, Jeff? That's, that's awesome that, that I use that if that's a you problem line yeah. all the time with my students and, you know, I don't know this whole not coming prepared thing is so annoying, especially in middle school. Cause every kid has a pencil case and they should just be loaded with pencils. Um, for me, it's like the same three or four kids almost daily, you know, mm-hmm. now it's the, now it's their Chromebooks too. I left my Chromebook in my locker or it's not charged, things like that. But I, I always talk to them about the responsibility and being prepared. Um, I use like a money system. You know, I try to, Hey, we have little pride tickets at our school. I don't know if um, you guys have like a money system, Marcus, in your building, but like we hey, do class Ryan, dojo, which is like a little similar, like you have point value, you know, like yeah, we do stuff like yeah, that. Get, give them rewards for, right, so we right. have like, Thanks. we have like actual cards and it's like a monetary thing that they can use at our school store and stuff. So I say, all right, you can, you can buy a pencil off of me. Give me one, you know, give me one pride ticket as, as they're called. Yeah. Um, when I first, you know, I start the year every year and I, I, I have a cut by my pencil sharpener and I tell the kids like, if you need a pencil, take it. If you need it for the whole day, you can keep it or bring it back. But it's gone by the end of the second week the, I mean, all of my pencils are gone. So I'm like, all right, I stopped doing that. Um, you know, another thing I've done too is send emails home to parents, like asking for donations. Hey, I noticed we're, you know, we're going through a lot of pencils or we're going through a lot of glue sticks or we're going through a lot of this. Um, and I'll usually get a handful of donations the next couple of days. And so I try to use that, but I know it's, it's a ongoing battle of teaching responsibility and, um, teaching the kids coming to class prepared every, every day. Um, middle school is different, you know, than, than elementary school. And this year I'm teaching sixth grade. So it's completely different than my eighth graders who kind of are already know the routines, but my sixth graders, man, oh man, still on, you know, what are we, December 14th. And they still forget things in their locker constantly. Also, sometimes I want to be like, dude, you don't have one friend that you can get a pencil from. There's not one person here that you can, you know, I think there's that, you know, reaction too. And they're like the same kid asks you for a pencil five days in a row. You're like, dude, 
I gave you the solution talk yesterday. You know, yeah. I thought we, I thought we got somewhere there. You know what I mean? It's like, well, I did my best teaching yesterday. Did, did you hear my whole solution bit? Like, that's what I got, bro. Like, other than that, you got to find somebody, you know, I don't know. Yeah, you know, kids are going to take the path of least resistance. And I think you have to make like if the path of least resistance for the kid is just coming up to you and getting a pencil every single day, then the kid's going to come up to you and right. get a pencil from you every single day. So exactly. making the kid do something is a, I think, a good solution, whether it's give you a pride ticket or, uh, you know, give some type of collateral or, you know have to listen to their teacher lecture them about the importance of being prepared. Like yeah. make that kid suffer a little bit. Right. Yeah. Uh, it's like if you check under the blue bins, I'm sure there's probably a pencil under there. Like you could yeah. probably find one on the floor. I mean, you know, I, I you know, I try yeah, to be there, too there, rude about it, somewhere. but it's like, you could, yeah. you could solve that problem. Come on, it's, brother. You know, you know, it's this balance between teaching a kid responsibility, but also obviously you want every kid to have the opportunity to learn and different kids you know, every kid should be able to keep a pencil for an entire yeah. day, right? Without losing yeah. it. But some kids have, you know, their parents bought them the 200 pack at the beginning of the year and some, some kids don't, and they, they don't have that like unlimited supply. So yeah. again, you have to, like you said, Marcus, take every kid, take their situation, take their history into account. There's uh, one thing I'll add before we move on to the next one. There was a, a video that I just stumbled across just mindlessly scrolling on, on Instagram the other day. And it was, a teacher, it was similar, kind of like your collateral system you described, but the teacher had, it was a, a teacher that's way more artsy than I am, but, but she like had this, this thing that she would stick her pencils into, like there's maybe 10 of them, kind of like having a cup for the kids, but you'd stick them into this foam and every pencil was like decorated, like dressed up like Santa or dressed up like something. And every pencil had a name. So if that kid takes that pencil like they're not going to bring it to the next class with them or they're gonna, everyone's going to call them out. I'm sure elementary kids are like middle school kids. They will roll on each other like yeah. that if they know a kid yeah. stole a pencil. And so that's a good way to at least give a mental reminder to the kids like, hey, this pencil is not mine. I need to return it. I know if I had I'm time to decorate. I know, dude. That's what I'm yeah, like. That's dude, I don't have time so to decorate pencils. In. But here's the thing. Like you could get some kid to be like, Hey man, I want, you know, there's, there's a kid who's dying to decorate pencils. You know what I mean? Like there's some, if, if I'm like, Hey, I need somebody to, to turn all 10 of these pencils into like, you know, I'm going to say Chicago bulls or whatever, you know, like yeah, but, yeah. I know that we're, we're in Michigan. So Pistons or whatever, you know, but if you're like, Hey, I need, I want them all to be a different, you know, Disney character or something like that. Like some kids dying to do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, all right. Lot, lot, lots of good stuff there. You guys ready yeah. to move on to number two? Yeah, man. Absolutely. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. In my usually lively class, I decided to engage students with a game where they worked in groups. As the excitement built, so did the volume. And despite my attempts to rein it in, the class spiraled into chaos by the end of the hour. Reflecting on this, how do I strategize to maintain the fun while basically preventing the class from getting out of control, from spiraling out of control? Uh, Jeff, you want to go first on uh, this one? Yeah, it sounds like my second hour every Friday when my <laughs> seminar class and I let them play Bluck It or, or Kahoot. And they, <laughs> they, go, they go wild. I'm like, geez. Um, you no, know, I don't know. Like proactive measures. Um, well, it, it sounds like this teacher, this was the first time they you know, they engaged them in this game type thing. I think in the moment you just kind of have to deal with it for that one time. Um, you know, just kind of let it ride and um, hopefully it doesn't get too chaotic. But I think you definitely need to debrief maybe the next class period. Um, 
or before you try to to do a game type thing again, you know, sitting, talking to the students, you know, using the old, uh, I was disappointed um, in the way you guys acted um, during that, that situation. Um, how could we have handled that differently? You know, we disrupted, you know, Mrs. Hall's class next door. We disrupted Mr. Rohrhoff's class um, because of how loud we were, um, things like that. I think if you debrief and you just, you know, don't tell the, you know, don't show the kids that you're mad at them. Um, I have found the more like, I'm disappointed in you and they, they, they give you that, you know, that, that you know, they, they feel bad then because they know that you're upset, but you're not necessarily mad. Um, but it sounds like, I mean, this, this scenario started with my usually lively class. I mean, if the class is lively to begin with, not sure what you expected to happen in a, a group game, right. In a, in a game situation. I mean, sure. It sounds like, that was that was to be expected but i think you definitely need to debrief with the students and kind of talk about their behavior talk about you know what can we do next time and that's being proactive that way you can try the game again and not totally rule it out of your you know your toolbox joe i know you guys do quiz bowl in your social studies class and i've i've witnessed it i've participated in it and it does turn to chaos sometimes especially when so, there's teachers there that are very very uh competitive yeah so that's uh that yeah not naming like myself names, but <laughs> but uh but yeah, that was the first thing that came to my mind when I read this is Quiz Bowl. And um, I had a student teacher last year. Uh, shout out to Connor. I know you're probably listening to this. Uh, Connor was an amazing student teacher, and I know he remembers this day. We were playing Quiz Bowl, and, and Connor was awesome. The kids absolutely loved him. And it, the, the game started off a little bit calm, and then it got a little bit louder, a little bit louder, a little bit louder. And then by the end of the hour, he was just uh, – just beside himself he was just like uh, he was frustrated afterwards and I just kind of let it all go I was you know he was he was very experienced at that time and he had all my trust and I knew he was struggling a little bit and I just kind of let him struggle and let him figure it out and all the kids left at the end, end of the hour and he's like what what do I do about that what should I have done <laughs> what the hell happened uh, like yeah he knew he knew he lost them but he just didn't know how to rein it in and I, I think I the, the advice I gave him was like first off you have to you have to towards the beginning of the hour you like you know you're playing this game you have to be tight at the beginning of the hour because once the the toothpaste is out of the tube it is so hard to get it back in like once those kids spiral out of control and and i told him like connor these kids love you and they respect you yep. and you have to cash that in at certain times cash in the, all the credibility you've built up with those kids and tell them, like you said, Jeff, how disappointed you are in them and, and cash in. And, and Jeff, you hear me say this phrase all the time as a teacher and as a coach, you get what you tolerate. If you're going to tolerate kids being loud and out of control, then that's what you're going to get. So if you don't rein it in early, um, then you can expect it to get out of control. So I it, just try to keep it reined in for as long as possible. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, that's a hard uh, that's it's interesting you, too. Marcus, from uh, kids ever do this at the elementary level? Yeah, it's, it's like daily. But I think it was interesting to hear to hear you guys talk about it from a middle school perspective. Just because you guys are locked into like I got to fill this fifty minutes or whatever it is, whereas we have a little more flexibility at the elementary level because we can be like, all right, we're I'm either you know sometimes it's an option. I mean, there's plenty of options, right? But yep. one one you know tool I have in my my bag is that I can just clip the game, right? I can be like, okay, you know, it sounds like we're getting a little out of control. Let's just move on. And we make a transition to reading or something like that. Like that's an elementary right, option, right, right, right. right? 
Um, if it is like, you know, if it is a game situation, I've, I've often used like, Hey, if this gets out of control, there's, you can lose points for being out of control, right? Like that's, that's an option. If it's a game situation, sometimes it's not a game situation, um, which I think is like front loading it big time being like, Hey, the, the, this next activity we're going to do is a science activity. It is super exciting. You're going to see some cool, you know, reactions or whatever it may be. And that can sometimes cause a big emotion in some people. And I just want to make sure, remind you that like, this isn't, we're on an academic setting. And like, we talk a lot about like academic behaviors versus like recess behaviors and stuff like that. So like kind of really front loading that. And then sometimes when it happens, like, you know, things get, start to get wild. Um, I think like just really staying curious around it and be like, Hey guys, I noticed the volume level has really gotten, I mean, obviously you have to like kind of use your teacher voice and be like, five, four, three, two, one, sob, eyes, wait. And and some of that is just waiting. Like, I mean, you mentioned you had a student teacher. I have a student teacher this past, you know, couple weeks. He just ended on Friday. And there was times like he count, you know, he did a little countdown, five, four, three, two, one. And then he starts talking and I'm like, dude, you have another 15 seconds. You have to wait. Like you're waiting for every single, every single kid to be like, I'm still waiting. I'm still waiting. And just like, because those 15 seconds are huge to be like, nope, I'm, we're not going any a step further until I have you back and we're all on the same page again. And then it's like, I noticed that this is getting way out of control. It feels like the volume level here is no longer people are not learning anything anymore. And we've lost focus of, you know, what we're supposed to be doing. And awesome. if you can do that, I think that sometimes you can bring it back, you know, you can bring the energy. And then sometimes it's like, sometimes you can continue with the game or sometimes you got to throw a wrench in there. It's like, I, you know, sometimes I'll pull something from like a different level of Bloom's taxonomy and be like, okay, let's get you out of this physical stimuli and in back into your head where it's like, I'm going to ask you to argue, create your number one, you know, what do you think the argument is here? And then they're like, oh, wait a minute. And so then they have to like go back mental for a second. Cause I feel like a lot of times it, the chaos erupts because of like the physical stimuli of whatever's happening. And if I get them back into their head, that seems to quiet it down a little bit. So I don't know. It's a, I mean, it's, I, it's not always perfect. Obviously like sometimes it's just me screaming be like, God, I've had enough. You know what I mean? Like that's, just explode too is the other option. Goes, your heart yeah, you oh, million percent, dude. Million percent. It's teacher redir- it's, like, it's called redirecting the kids. Yeah, right? we call it my we call it my teacher voice, right? Yeah, <laughs> I do like that that pause. I do like that. You know, I've done it with games. It's like, all right, well, I'm just gonna wait for everyone to calm down here because obviously we can't continue. You know, yeah, we can't continue at, at what we're going and, and things like that. That's, That's good, a but good you do bring up a good. It's a good point. You do bring up a great point, Marcus. With an elementary, you can just cut it and be like, "All right, we're going to shift into our next, our next, you know, activity where we have to kind of ride it out." Yeah, That's yeah. That's, I don't envy that. Babysit for the last fifteen minutes. Like, oh man, I don't envy that. Makes it tough. Yeah. Nice. All right. Good uh, stuff. You guys got time for one more? Absolutely. Knock Absolutely. Out, knock out one more scenario today. All right. Yeah. Uh, I know every teacher can relate to this one. At the end of every day of my teaching journey, I find myself mentally exhausted. The demands of the job, the endless grading, lesson planning, and random talks piled, or sorry, random tasks piled on by administration leave me drained. The constant struggle to strike a balance has me contemplating leaving the profession as the toll on my well-being and personal life becomes increasingly apparent. 
Uh, my passion for teaching remains, but the burnout is taking its toll, forcing me how, uh, or forcing, asking me how long can I sustain this? Um, so basically this is dealing with, with teacher burnout, uh, that every teacher is experiencing probably right now to some extent. Uh, Marcus, why don't we start with, oh, sorry, Jeff. No, Joe, do you want to go first, Joe? I mean, you haven't, you haven't gone first on anyone. I, I'm curious to, to hear what you sure. think, Sure, I'd be, I'd be more, more than happy to, to jump in and, and uh, kick this one off. So in terms of just like everybody talks about work-life balance, work-life balance. And I think the most important thing is to set up boundaries, set up boundaries. And they're going to be different for every single teacher. Uh, advice I give to teachers that are, that are talking about this is like, hey, just – if it's affecting your family life, shut down your email, um, you know, from four o'clock till you arrive at work the next day or, you know, say I'm not going to answer. I, I don't I don't personally shut down my email, but my like the, my self policy is I don't feel obligated to respond to any email uh, and I never feel obligated to respond. I might check my email and if it's a student that has a question about the test and it's a reasonable question, I might respond at night, but I definitely never feel obligated to respond to any any email. And as, as far as this person's talking about how they have all these different tasks piled on them by their administrators or, you know, by their building, like, just say no, right? Say no. We all, we all remember that, right? Just say no. Yep, just say it, no. It, like, yeah, you have to put your students first. And I had our principal ask me a, a couple of months ago to be a part of our restorative practices team. And I, I didn't just say no, but when he asked me, I, I told him, I said, yeah, I'd be happy to do it because it's something that I, I think I could, could add to and I think I could bring some value to. But if I'm a part of this, I am not meeting outside of my contractual hours to do it. I'm not meeting after school. If you want to put meetings during the day, I'll be there. If you want to do them on our professional development days, I will be there. But I'm not going to meet outside of uh, my, my school hours for this particular, uh, for this particular uh, group. That's a great so, boundary. Yeah, that's, so that's how I kind of set that one up. And, and just like have your boundaries and, and stick to them and don't be afraid to stick to them. Yeah, man. Clear is kind, right? It's like, That's right. Yeah. You know, me, I, I'm a language arts teacher. So like the work, the work, home life balance and work balance is, it's, it's a tough act that I have to kind of juggle a little bit, especially with grading. Um, but I have set, you know, the last like five, six years, I have set clear, um, the only, I, I'll grade like large essays at home, but I don't bring anything else home. I don't grade little worksheets. I don't do any of that stuff. That, that stuff can wait. You know, I do that on my planning hour. I do that before school. Maybe I stay after for like half hour and do that. But I try to avoid doing any um, schoolwork at home unless it's, you know, obviously once or twice a, a quarter if I have to grade grade some essays and things like that. But I, when I'm home, I'm home. And when I'm home, I don't do schoolwork until after my kids go to bed. So my daughter goes to bed at 8, 8.30. I know it seems crazy, but I don't, I'm, I'm not going to grade with her watching her Bluey cartoons and with, no way, dude. you know, you know, I, I, I want to be a dad when I'm home for sure. You know? Yeah. Um, my, my other one is in, and Joe, you're, you're part of this is, you know, up until, you know, when I first started, um, in the middle school, we kind of all ate lunch by ourselves in our room and like we worked through lunch, mm -hmm. but like the last five years, our whole eighth grade staff and now some elective teachers come down and, and we take that 48 minutes and we just laugh and we just yep. like, we, 
we we talk a little shop, but not a lot of shop. I you know we we you know we might talk about a student or some issues here and there, but a lot of times it's talking about our kids sporting events you know we have one coworker whose daughter swims in college so she tells us stories about the college swimming you know and uh, another coworker who you know we, we just him and I go back and forth all the time and it's just you know it's that 40 minutes where it's just like adult time to just talk about what's going on and you know and just we just laugh and you know um, make fun of each other and it you know that those, those times are, are so valuable that you have to you have to interact with your colleagues on like a level like that and not just all professional. Yep. That recharges the batteries every day in the middle of the day. And that you're That's right, great. Jeff, I didn't think about that one, but we did start doing that about five years ago. Yep. And that is I, I something to look forward to every morning and, um, you know, something to kind of help get you through the rest of the day. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, I know we're coming up kind of on the end, maybe on the end time wise here, but man, that's a, that's, that's a really hard question. Right. And I think that like all teachers are you know, that, that, that narrative is something everyone is going to experience if you're in teaching, right? Like this is a game, this is a stamina sport. Um, and for me, after like 16 years, there was something weird that, I mean, maybe I attribute it to like the whole like pandemic thing. Like it was really hard to wear the Mr. Hartnett hat for like two or three years. And I couldn't like really figure out why my kids were great. I had great students, great classes. Like it was just really hard to like, I mean, there's a bit of acting that goes into like teaching, right? Like you kind of show up and you wear the hat, you know, like, and for some reason I just like really struggled wearing the hat over the past like two, three years. Um, and, and felt some of that, a lot of that burnout. And I was like, I don't know if I can do it anymore after, you know, luckily we're in a profession that like, it, there is such like a heartstring there that you're like, this is something I still want to be good at. I still feel like I'm having an impact even on terrible days, you know, like I'm still having connections. I'm still love seeing that kid. I still smile and fist bump that kid who, even if I'm having terrible days, so like you still feel like you're connected. Um, for me, I think, I mean, you know, there's a million things, man. It's like, you just got to find ways to recharge for me. It honestly, it got down to like bare bones. Like, was I drinking enough water? Was I sleeping eight hours a night? Was yeah. I eating good foods? And was I exercising on a daily basis? Like it got down to like, I don't know what else to do, but I'm doing, these are the four things I know I can control. Like what you can control. Right. Yeah. Right. And that was it, man. Like I was down to bare bones. Like, and, and for me, like some of it was like, like I cut out booze and like, not because I was like, it was just like, I, I don't know. I, I just needed to feel better. Like I really was struggling to All like, right, that's, an, that's wow. excessive Marcus. Dude, I, I'm telling you, <laughs> no, man, I like, I did. I, I, I mean, like, I, and not that I was like, you All know, right. drinking like crazy, like, you know, like, or like, you know, I wasn't like working the program or anything, but like during the pandemic, especially like I, for me, it was like lonely. It was, you know, we were teaching from home and I just like, I don't know, man. I, I was just like, I don't feel this, this urge to keep doing this job. Um, yeah. I love the kids. Um, so it, for me, and like, I was really burnt out. Like, I don't know if there's a level past that, but for me, it was like, I need to just do the very basics well. And once I get the very basics, well, we can reconsider, but like, I made sure I was sleeping eight hours a night, seven hours, really. Um, was I drinking enough water, got in a regular exercise program and just was eating good foods. And I was like, if I can do those four things, maybe there's a shot that I'll be, I'll feel a little bit better. And like, you know, 
has it worked? Yeah, I think so. You know, like for the most yeah. part, but it's, you know, it's like, I'm not gonna lie. It's, it was a big, that was a big life change. And I don't think everyone can make that. Like, you know, some people are like, you know, no, thank you. That's not for me. But for me, that's, that's what it took to stay in the game. I don't know. I, you know, that seems dr- dramatic, but changing my whole career also felt dramatic. Um, and not, and especially my kids are four and seven. So like I didn't, the free time that I had in the summers was a big incentive for me to stay, to keep teaching. Um, yeah. and I think this year I've, I've, I did it. Like, I think I, I, I righted the plane. I'm back. I can wear the hat, you know, I'm making, yeah, yeah. it's, I feel like it, it has been a success story, but it was, you know, it was pretty dramatic. I think those were pretty drastic changes, if you will, but. I think a lot of people felt that through the pandemic too, you know, that, that being at home, you know, that, that virtual teaching was just, just draining on, on everybody. I think. Yeah, man, it was, it was tough. So I don't know, but I'm back. I'm back, baby. I love it. You know, I'm back. I can join it. Your student, your Your students students. are, uh, are the benefactors of it. They're they're the ones that, uh, you know, we appreciate you sharing, uh, sharing that with you, sharing that, that, you know, tough time that you went through and kind of the strategy used to, to bounce back from that. And, yeah, man. you know, it, it, we're, we're so glad that you were, came onto the show today, came to share your experiences and, uh, Marcus, I'll tell you, we definitely have to do this again, man. This was a, a whole lot of fun having you on the show today. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. This was, uh, this was super cool, man. You guys are, you guys are doing a great thing, man. I'm, I'm, uh, appreciate it. I'm, appreciate I'm honored. It. Thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Jeff, anything else today? No, I, I, nothing. I, I got a lot of good tips from Marcus just listening to him. You know, that, that exercise, drink more water. I mean, I, I could always, you know, I can always learn about, learn that kind of stuff. But um, no, Marcus, thank you so much for joining us. You know, our first kind of, other than Jessica Rohrhoff, our first elementary school teacher. So this was great. I, I got to some insight into kind of your world. That was awesome. Thank you. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for sharing, guys. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Uh, please do us a favor. Give us a like, give us a, you know, subscribe, follow us. We're again, pushing out more and more content on Instagram, Beyond Standards Teaching. Uh, give us a, give us some love on Spotify, give us some love on iTunes or wherever you are listening to podcasts. We are trying to, to share this message. And as I said before, this episode was a ton of fun. I know we're going to do another, another one like this where we're going through these scenarios. So if you have a, a scenario you'd like to share with us, uh, that, that you'd like to, to get a panel of teachers on to talk about, let us know. We, we would love to hear that from you. We're, we're trying to make this as collaborative as possible and we're trying to build a community of teachers that's going to wrap it up uh, join us next week we are going to be talking to some brand new teachers in the field first year second year teachers and uh, basically we want to hear their perspective on uh, education school versus reality and I- i'm interested to hear some some of their perspectives and compare uh, you know what i've learned what i learned in college versus uh, the reality of teaching which is obviously the the goal of this podcast is, is to get that out there. This is Joe and Jeff signing off, reminding you to keep going above and beyond those standards because you may not make a lot of money, but you do make a difference.